When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Binge Town TV. We are back with Yellow Jacket Season 5 titled Two Truths and Alive. Wait, did I say season five? Season two, episode five, titled Two Truths and a Lie. We've got Luke, Dave, and Brian, and me, Kathleen. I've been forgetting to say that in the beginning. So that is our names. And you may know that if you were listening to our coverage of season one, we did a Rooks and Vets coverage. So if you want to go back and listen to our season one coverage for, you know, little reminder. We had a blast covering that. That is in our Buzztown feed. If you're listening to our Buzztown feed specifically, that has all Yellow Jackets content. But we are a, you know, Bingetown TV is our main umbrella of podcasts. We've been doing it for three years. So we have plenty of content to listen to. It's the best. We've been having a blast. We do sci-fi. We do not sci-fi. We do all over the anything that's popular. We hit it. Anything that's not popular, we hit it. So go check us out. BingetownTV.com. Um, if you're interested, if we covered a show, you can find it on there and it's pretty easy to navigate. Our brand new website is pretty cool. But we are here to talk about Yellow Jackets, which another good episode, another great episode. Really, Luke had said it's number one on IMDb. Raiden, let's dive into uh, the boys opinions on the episode before I do the synopsis. What do you guys think? I could start. Um, yeah, this was the highest rated on IMDb across both seasons. I was pretty surprised to see that. Not that I would say it was a bad episode at all. I actually really enjoyed this episode. I just, we were talking about this right before the podcast. I still feel like episode two eating Jackie was still it for me. Um, but with that being said, this was a really fun episode. I loved everything about how the crystal storyline ended and I thought that was freaking amazing. That was great TV with how Misty resolved that without getting caught with the group about destroying the flight tracker. And then in a I, in a frustrated way, I'm enjoying the Kevin Matt stuff. Like it's so annoying how we're just escaping the FBI or slash, you know, cops chasing down Shauna. But now it's like it's like a back and forth. And I'm happy that Callie wasn't really the reason that we're all going to be destroyed here. And it was Randy couldn't finish <laughs> but Quite that whole storyline is gonna <laughs> is gonna be really important going forward for how shauna's story plays out and then also of course we, the the end of this episode i thought was one of the most pivotal moments of the entire series and yep. is really really going to set the track for how the rest of these five seasons planned seasons are going to go in the modern day so it's going to be i'm happy that we got it explicit out there that there's like a darkness spirit forest thing that's still with them back in jersey 
I'm totally on team. This is one of my favorite episodes of the series, probably. I thought this episode was incredible. I mean, just to add on to what Luke was just explaining with the basic summary, I guess, of what happened this episode. I mean, we also got Javi just being an absolute weirdo still. I mean, we, he does speak a little bit, so I thought that was crazy. Um, Yellow Jackets just... I say it every week, and I'll continue to say it every week. This show is absolutely phenomenal, easily approaching my top five of shows of all time. And this episode just adds more fuel to the flame with with just a phenomenal, with just everything happening, just all the events. It was crazy. Yep, more of the same from me. This is a this is a great episode for a great show. I think that Crystal and Young Misty moment on the cliffside is one of the most iconic moments of the series for me and i'm gonna be thinking about that for a while i mean mm-hmm. just fantastic acting on both sides uh, a lot of good interactions with adult ty and van again mm-hmm. i want to compliment adult ty's acting when she just loses it that was a fantastic scene yeah just just great episode uh this episode had me writing a lot of wow amazing acting especially shauna young shauna with ty at the end when she's screaming at her in the woods there's so many incredible acting moments little nods i think there's going to be a lot of nominations this year i know last year a lot of the adults got noms you know melanie linsky of course and christina ricci got a nom i think some of the kids are going to get them this time specifically shauna probably so we'll see how that turns out But I will hop into our episode summary. So in 1996, the gang tries to get any information they can from a clearly changed Javi. A Lottie prayer circle has formed, which Shauna is not cool with. And Misty trusts her bestie a little too much, which results in Crystal's literal downfall into the shit she just (laughs) threw off the cliff. Next, the spooky wind comes back just in time for Shauna to seemingly go into labor. Coincidence or not, who's to say? In the current day, Callie figures figures out who Matt really is, and Shauna and Jeff, once again, the worst criminals ever, fumble the plan, and the cops are onto them more than ever. Say it with me. Please stop trusting Randy for the love of God. (laughs) Moving on. Good Ty and Bad Ty get a reunion with Van. Misty finally catches up with Nat at the Purple People camp, who unsurprisingly wants nothing to do with her. And finally, the best scene in the episode, in my opinion, same as Luke said, Nat confirms that whatever darkness was with them in 96 is still with them today, giving us the answer to what Travis wrote on the Mm post-it. Great episode all around. Um, Leave it up to you guys where we want to start, 2021 or 1996. I'll vote for 2021, but that's fine. 1996. I mean, notes wise, I feel like I don't even have that much compared. Like there was a lot of 2021 here, so we can go through that. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, cool. Let's start with Van because we open with Van and her um, apartment above the store. It's pretty obvious that she owns it by the, you know, mail and the trash. It seems like it's not a thriving store, which how could it be? Um, I want to talk about quickly the psychology of like her owning a store like this. Do you think it's like she's stuck in that time period because they had this really traumatic event back then. And like their childhoods were like kind of stolen from them. Like or do you think like Shauna, like what Shauna is going through a little bit with Adam? Yeah. Like something like that. Or do you think, I mean, there is that scene when Ty brings a crew out to go South to try and find civilization in season one. And, you know, Van is the one that is in the circle at the campfire, like telling stories and doing all this. So I you can tell that Van like loves a story, loves to TV and all the stuff she's making, like reference TV references in this episode. So it could just be that, you know, she's obsessed with that. But to me, it was a little bit of like, wow, she's kind of stuck in the past. And maybe this traumatic event like 
you know, stunted her a little bit. Definitely. And what better way to escape your shitty, horrible reality than by binging television shows and movies and, you know, <laughs> just right. living vicariously through other characters. I'm sure she, you know, wants to forget everything that happened in the past. So uh, and videos is a great way to do that. So it kind of lines up with, you know, the trauma that she's been going through. Absolutely. I didn't take it like that. I thought okay. that was just kind of her little happy place. It seems like she is. Well, like the other girl, she's high functioning until she's not. I guess we get into the oxy stuff later on, but she really does seem to be pretty high functioning. She has a good rapport with the local youth, if you will. She just seems happy. It's she clearly didn't want much to do with the yellow jacket stuff. We've already commented on why didn't everybody else keep in touch with Van? Like, why is it taken until season two to get her into the fold? Maybe she just wanted to put that behind her and she's just having a happy little life for herself. I mean, we already did confirm that she's in Pennsylvania, whereas everyone else seems to be. I mean, Lottie's in New York and all the other girls. Lit. <laughs> yeah, all the other girls are in New Jersey. So, you know, Van is probably... You, you could make a case is like the farthest away from what's been happening so far. Yeah. And there's something that I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but there's a quote that when Taisa and Van are talking to each other, I think later in the episode talking about the sleepwalking thing, or it's actually about the pen that yes, B Tom's you were yeah. dead on about that gift. I think that was you that said that, right? That yeah, she was going to give it to Van the pen. Hmm. Yeah. One of us. Yeah. Um, either way they talk about, uh, yes. they talk about Shauna's wedding. So to me, you can, extrapolate and say that they were still good after they were rescued so it's not mm -hmm. going to be something that we see in 1996 that really makes them split it's going to be something post being rescued because they were all at shauna's wedding together which is a really weird thought because you would think that it would if something crazy traumatic happened that she would have split from the group it would have happened in 96 so mm -hmm. i guess i guess there could have been something else that happens and we might get that storyline later yeah i had the same thought and you know you know you don't know when jeff and shauna got married uh was it right after or was it like 10 years after so i'm really interested to see how long ty and van were together post wilderness because it would be i mean unless shauna's baby somehow makes it and like forces jeff and her to get married not forces but there there's there's a lot of pieces we're missing in that storyline but yeah so uh, she realizes the sleepwalking's back. The pen thing confirms that they were together. And then also Ty finds Van's pills, um, which Van says were her mom's, which could be true. You know, the V could stand for mm -hmm. her mom. And we haven't really heard much or seen her mom since the pilot when she slaps her awake to drive her to the airport for this hellhole. But she is taking them as we see later, which is not great. But, um, you know. That's fine. Also, can I just say I'm so stupid in the first episode or the second of the season? I didn't make the connection that Lo Charlotte and Lottie were short for each other. I had I just like Googled Lauren Ambrose's name because I was like, she's so fucking good at playing Van. Her mannerisms are amazing. And it goes mm -hmm. and it said Vanessa. And I was like, Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> like, what it's her worth. name's not van <laughs> <laughs> i cut that from the audio so that this yeah. is people hearing that for the first time probably <laughs> yeah so i'm just not good at that at all like van <laughs> vanessa come on what does that mm -hmm. mean but Van lauren ambrose her mannerisms when she's yelling at ty and being and making the uh, tv references are so van like she yeah. must have studied season yeah, one yep. so hard mm -hmm. it's arguably the best you know of the two of all of them like uh, the from young to old i would say that that's the most believable i'm already completely 100 percent bought in on van to van which is saying something because we've been singing our praises for all of them across the board 
A hundred percent. Yeah. No, no complaints about the others. It's just that she's absolutely crushing it. For sure. Um, they, the one thing that they talked about, um, that I was pretty surprised was Thaisa explicitly tells her about the, the dog sacrifice altar. So that's, and that seemed to even surprise Van a little bit. So I don't even know if we're going to get that crazy in the past, but now that we know what the sleepwalking lady's capable of, it's anything can go, but the, a more surprising part of this was when at the end of this storyline, so I think we're pretty much kind mm-hmm. of at the end there when when the lady in the tree wakes up and the sleepwalking version talks to van like van wasn't super surprised to be able to talk to her or recognize her and then she drops the line says this isn't where we're supposed to be which is weird because i thought the whole idea was to get to van so that's going to be fun to explore going forward but this storyline is just i'm so antsy for more information and more sleepwalking tie material that uh, like this is my like number one thing i'm looking forward to next episode Let's not glance over the fact that Ty's alter ego immediately makes out with Van. So there's some sort of an attraction there, I think. I'm interested to see why that is the interaction and what Van allows this relationship to become back in the 90s while they're in the wilderness, because clearly they have a rapport. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is weird. Mm -hmm. Do you think that this all culminates in them having to just go back to the wilderness and figure it out? You know, like... We're not supposed to be here. Where are you supposed to be? They're all going to be like, we took it back here and now we have to bring it back. Like we have to bring it back to where it's supposed to be. Sounds like a good season three, season four storyline. I was theorizing that we're not supposed to be here was an acknowledgement that they need to join the rest of the girls who seem to Mm -hmm. all be being herded into Lottie's cold. So she's just like, this isn't where we're supposed to be. We got to link up with all the other yellow jackets. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. it makes sense. We just know that the demon is very uh, ambiguous when it comes to requesting and informing Lottie of what she is. Yeah, just be for. a little more specific. <laughs> we'll get you there, girl. <laughs> Tell us what you need. <laughs> anything else on that storyline? No, I just think that if anything, it seems like Taisa was probably the one that cut off things between her and Van just based on how Van appeared like so shocked when she came back to her. I mean, to me, the way that Van is approaching the situation it just seems like ty was probably the one that like completely shut her out and that's why she was so surprised that ty just reappeared in her life all of a sudden i've also had the theory that maybe ty's alter ego at the end of the day is the good supernatural entity and that lottie's is the bad supernatural entity and that even though she seems like super scary and stuff she's gonna end or whatever the demon is that's taken over ty is gonna wind up being the good guy in all this how are you gonna how are you gonna spin dog murder into positive though? <laughs> Can't do it. If we knew there's something even worse than dog murder out there, like okay. what if Lottie's demon is trying to murder a hundred dogs? Kill one dog to save a hundred? Okay, okay, you got me. Well, one yeah. dog and Steve <laughs> just out there on his own, you know, where justice for Steve. Where is Steve? <laughs> That's true. I want where's my MVP that. from episode three too. <laughs> I forgot Steve got an MVP nod. <laughs> <laughs> He brought the family together. True that. (laughs) He did. All right. So let's move to Callie, Shauna, and Jeff. This was a a good episode for Callie. I mean, Mm -hmm. what made Callie open that that, uh, check? I don't know. Maybe she was just curious how much it was. (laughs) Who's to say? Or maybe she was just getting suspicious because he wouldn't kiss her. But Callie's got some riz. Callie's got some game. She was like, all right. And she hustled the shit out of him. 
and she should have gotten that kiss. But I don't want him to kiss her because fuck him. But no, we want no, him to you kiss do. Her. We want yes. him. Oh, right, right, right. Of course, of course. The we do. second that she realized he was a cop, she sh- and he came back. She should have just pecked him. Boom, done. Yep, I agree with you. Yeah, that would have been I some mean, leverage. I feel yes. like he's already in hot water for buying an underage girl drinks. Should be. Yeah, he should. Yeah. Be. Yeah, yeah. There and, is so much in the storyline that I'm mad about. Like none of the the cops are being bad. Even Kevin, they're being bad cops, and they're being bad criminals. So everyone's being bad in this. Storyline. Be better, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> I will say I do feel slightly bad for Callie because everyone she's been in touch with has just been a complete liar to her. So she's definitely going to be fucked up after all this. I'm sure. Well, dude, I I'm not going to lie. I thought it was the cutest thing in the world when she goes. So I did fix it. And like she was like so happy with herself after Wolf. and we we were cracking up too when she walks in initially and says, Please don't be mad. And then instantly Shauna goes, No. Jeff's like, all right, like sure. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then that the whole re- kitchen scene was great. And then the reaction by the end of it was that Jeff was actually the one who was pissed off. Yeah. And uh, Shauna, Shauna was like kind of like, All right, I appreciate you telling us the truth. Mm-hmm. Well, when Shauna says and Shauna and Jeff at the same time, Shauna says, a fucking cop. And Jeff goes, how old is he? Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. such a dad. Exactly, though. Every, and He's then we, good in the scene. We find out, like, pretty much everything they're doing, um, what's the term, is not admissible in court, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're all doing it without warrants and under, you know, someone, one of these cops is going to die. And now I'm just hoping, beyond hope, that it's Matt and, like, Kevin gets away somehow. Shauna's I really don't know how. Shauna's going to kill Jay. Yeah, that's that would be great. It's interesting because if we always talk about this on all different shows, but if the point of view of this show was reversed, we would be mad at Kevin for being naive and we'd be hype on Matt for like trusting his gut. We'd be like, go with the rookie. He knows. Get these guys. (laughs) Very true. And the cuse is loose, baby. (laughs) Dude, he's so weird. (laughs) Yeah. And how about it weirdly being strawberry? lotion when just last episode of the episode before he's talking about strawberry lube oh, you know yeah. like, mm. like what's the strawberries about what's purposeful about? yeah purposeful. something but i will trust s- randy never trust randy and i will say a little bit like daughter like mother how callie's like getting off on the thrill of it all like luke was saying she was just came in like don't be mad but i've been lying to and dating a cop it's like she's just casually throwing out these lines where if my 17 year old daughter was doing that i'd be like you're not allowed outside anymore we gotta (laughs) we gotta get your life under control yeah a couple other things i want to point out just from the actual scheme they tried to pull with randy a couple of funny lines here i would say um well right when he's about to go into the bathroom shauna goes randy don't you dare think about me. That was freaking great. But something you can um the that Randy tells Shauna here, good information, is that she casually lets slip he casually lets slip the FBI Frodo thing. So Shauna's gonna have that information in her back pocket. I don't know how it could really play out. It seems like we're honestly like segregating these storylines more than coming together. It's a little like well, not how I thought this whole season was gonna play out, but eventually they're gonna have to come back with like Lottie and Nat and Misty and all them. So it's definitely a positive that he let it slip because now Shauna just yeah will event. It just makes her quicker to getting to everyone else. Mm-hmm. He he said the line asking about Nat and some people in purple clothes. So I feel like that's just going to lead her to the cold eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two things. One, Kevin is obviously like a senior detective, where Matt is 
they already called him a rookie. He's been on the job for a year, whatever it is. I don't understand why he's going along with all this. Like if I'm Kevin, I'm going, get the fuck out of here. You're going to, you're messing with my job now. Mm-hmm. And two, Kevin makes the comment, this kid gave you bad info. You're made. Now I think this officially makes Callie an accomplice because why would Callie have lied? I mean, it's all off book, right? So it may not stand up in a court of law, but as far as like Kevin and Matt, at least knowing why is she, you know, making something up for her parents, Callie has to know something so they could spin it. They could just say, you know, my parents told me to, I don't know. I don't know. And it, Last episode, we were saying Callie's fine. Callie's in the clear. Yeah, she's an accomplice technically, but they're, they don't have any proof. This is kind of proof. No, you're right. You're definitely right. And 100%. I'm a little worried now because now yeah. I like Callie. I've had a reverse yeah. on her so badly. I hated her in the beginning of the season. Now I love her. And it what's really troubling is like the look on Matt's face when he realizes that Callie's been duping him and he goes, well, I'm better. And now it's going to be like a reverse, reverse, reverse psychology thing going on here. So I'm a little worried that she's going to get absolutely just like thrown into the, into the streets here. Like something's going to, something bad's going to happen for her. Um, unless, you know, they can stay one step ahead. But I think, I think they're going to, we're going to take the next step into like an actual investigation. I think warrants are starting to come now. So like, we're going to go that way, but I don't know. It seems like they don't have enough evidence quite yet. Like I definitely agree that Callie is now full on accomplice. Like she is fucked if Shauna and Jeff get fucked. Mm -hmm. Um, But the one thing I want to ask is, do we think Jay is actually starting to develop feelings for Callie or do we think Mm -hmm. that he's just playing her the whole time? Because I mean, he does make that little comment to her that, you know, like I really like you obviously, but like, I just wonder if he's now just like, I know we haven't seen total signs of him like actually falling for her, but I just think that it would make it easier on the, this plot line for our people, the yellow jackets. If, if he did, if he did actually start to develop feelings for her, but nah. I'll give you the same answer. You and I gave these two about coach having the hots for Misty in season one. Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> but actually not. No, yeah, no <laughs> yeah, but actually not. I think the biggest flaw in this plan by Shauna, first of all, I was like, there just doesn't need to be a condom at all. Just pretend you rolled yeah, out. What's the point? Why does there have to be a condom at all? And Randy putting the lotion in is just so stupid. Like, there's obviously a reason you need the condom. I mean, but good for Matt for literally lifting that thing up and sniffing it because <laughs> he's an A-plus detective. He's getting in there. He's putting his nose where it doesn't belong, and that's exactly what a good detective does. <laughs> yeah. so, anyway, right. any last thoughts? I have on one that? question here. Um, mm-hmm. and maybe it's something I'm missing, but why are the texts not enough that the cops have between Adam and Shauna? Like that, how is that not enough and proof that they were banging and that she probably killed him? It depends on what the text <laughs> said, I guess. Yeah, they only say we have hundreds of texts, not I don't know if they could see the content of the text because I feel like I agree the content would be incriminating, but if they just have like a hundred texts back and forth, she could be like, oh yeah, we were dealing with insurance and shit. Okay. So you think there's a chance they can't actually see it because there's that one episode where he's like, doesn't he like, you see the text messages, like he's like dropping his clothes on the ground or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like that's enough. So I guess maybe, maybe that's it. They should have just been a little bit more clear on that. Cause I felt like when we got that information in episode one or two of this season, I was like, how do you get around this? If they can see what you were saying back and forth, but that could be the case. I can buy that. 
it's just the log, not the content. It's just like a call log. You'll see right. 50 missed calls, but you can't see what they actually said. Uh, they would need either of their phones in order to get the text, I think. Okay. Or else everyone would just be reading everyone's text all the time. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know? I, think that's, I think that's right. But right. I agree, Luke, they should have been a little more clear on that. Okay, cool. So the Misty and the Nat and Lottie storyline intertwine. We can go through a little bit of Misty. It'll go into Lottie and Nat, and then they'll combine at the end. But anyone catch Misty and Walter, what song was on the radio in the very beginning when we see them? And Misty turns it off. She's like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. staying alive. Yeah. Same song she uses to do the chest compressions on oh, um, Crystal good. during the 1996. Yeah, it was it was good. I didn't catch it until the rewatch, which was nice. I was like, she like hurries up and turns it off because obviously it's triggering her. Well, did you catch the nice. song in the beginning of Van's storyline? Yes. Wait. What was it? What was My it? hint is Sense8 has oh, a monopoly yeah. on this song. Yeah. What's up? Four <laughs> non-blondes. Yep. Yeah. I, I think a sensate every time I hear it. But anyway, Me that was too. sidetracking. <laughs> we do not cover that, but good show. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Anyway, they two played Two Truths and a Lie, title of app. Um, anything you guys wanted to talk about in this scene? Is there anything maybe we're missing? I mean, they're funny, but is there anything that could lead into a deeper conversation? Or do you think this was just funny? I just, I don't know. It's just, I, for me, I mean, for... Um, I already forget Elijah Wood's character's name. Walter. 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 I just feel like for him, that that whole scene kind of painted him a little bit sketchy in my mind. It wasn't any more so innocent. I feel like now we got a layer to him that, you know, he he was kind of a liar. I mean, he just straight up was like, oh, two truths and a lie. And like he gave his his three truths, which was not the rules of the game. And, you know, he's willing to bend the rules so that he can make it the most interesting. So I just feel like that was a little sketchy for him. He's definitely a little bit on my radar now after that, but I don't think it was anything that like sent him over, you know, like absolutely keep your eye out on Walter, but it was a little weird that that game interaction. I feel like my only thing is when he was like, there's only one rule win. And now, you know, a little bit more about me that just leads me to believe this isn't the last we've seen of Walter because mm-hmm. he's not the type that would just stop pursuing Misty after this slight adversity. And to preface that, he's 100% right that Misty was involved with the Adam stuff. And I kind of like Walter for Misty. I really oh, do. I love this future Sinalai scene. And we that- also know he's down with murder. So it's <laughs> so it's all good. Like he's he's willing to cover up this story if Misty was involved in it. So yeah, that interaction was just a plus for me. I, I think that we're good now. Like there's no way he's gonna be an actual enemy. I just think Misty should have reacted better. But her one line that she has, I will bring I have to bring it up because it was just amazing when she gives her two truths. Yeah. And she says, I think we're asking the wrong questions about the moon landing. <laughs> I was laughing out loud at that. That is such a misty quote right there. It's amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it's definitely not a deal breaker for Walter uh, that she may or may not have killed somebody. I mean, technically she didn't. I mean, she has killed somebody, but definitely not Adam yeah, Martin. She was just an accomplice in getting rid of the body. She didn't actually murder anyone. Well, Crystal. Crystal, yeah. I guess you're right. Shit. And possibly other people as well. Mari, maybe, in the future. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't murder Chris. We're going to get oh, to the Crystal stuff. Fucking... Let's all relax on that guy. Yeah. In, inge- in the private investigator. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a murder, 100%. <laughs> but Walter even had her motive right. She's like, yeah, you probably murdered him, maybe to help a friend out. But yeah, you murdered the guy, which yeah. 
she was involved in the murder, I will say. Like by cleaning oh, up yeah. the body, she is nailed on. Is there any chance that Jessica Roberts is still alive? I mean, she's a private investigator. If she got like taken somehow, like alive, gone into witness protection, maybe like you could see, I could see that happening. Maybe. Right. Only it was if a- like Lottie's purple people were just like following her constantly and like saw her get in the car and then like saw her crash and then just like immediately captured her and then like took her back somewhere. I mean, possibly, but I, I think I'm definitely like 90% certain that Jessica She's Roberts dead. is dead. 99. Yeah. The longer we go without <laughs> hearing anything about her, the longer I think she might be alive because if she died, it would have made the news and it would have made its way back to Ty, who the only reason I think maybe not is because Ty's dealing with a lot right now. So maybe she's not even thinking about Jessica, but like that was her right hand advisor or whatever she would have heard if she died. So I'm thinking that could be like a surprise. Holy shit. She's actually alive, but I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, if she I is think- alive. It's got to be this season. She comes back, I think, because how do you get an act? Doesn't have to be anything. <laughs> well, I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> what? If. If Jessica Roberts is alive, she hasn't been back to her apartment because Ty was just in her apartment last unless t- she ran in to get stuff and left because there was all that unopened mail at Jessica Roberts apartment last episode. So who knows? But I'm kind of on the Brian train. That was also the- Demon Ty. Like that wasn't Ty Ty. That was Demon yeah. Ty who went to the apartment. So correct. Either way, yes. continue because you were agreeing with me. Yes, I was. <laughs> I was just saying that I don't think Jessica's been back on open mail untouched stuff if i were her i would just get the fuck out of town and pretend i died but it's weird that missy hasn't followed up and confirmed we haven't seen like her see a clip or something that's like okay confirmed she's dead you know interesting crazy theory jessica's alive walter trying to impress misty takes matters into his own hands to close the loop on uh jessica goes back to missy and it's just like i took care of jessica for you are you gonna give me a conversation now hear me out I like Crazy that. theory, but I kind of love it. It was such a bad move by Misty sandbagging him after he just basically has all this dirt on her now. For like sure. He, if he wants to have bad motivations towards her, like he could do whatever he wants. So the way she reacted was not was not good. Um, but yeah, he's definitely not out of the story. He's got something else to do for us. This wasn't consistent with how usually thorough adult Misty is. I think she might also just be like still flustered by the fact that she's processing the fact that this guy might actually be attracted to her. And I think that alone is like throwing (laughs) her off, you know? Well, we knew that her lying about Adam Martin's mom was going to come back. I mean, she made up a lie that was way too specific and he didn't even have to do any work. She's dead. That's it. Flop. Like, and that's the worst type of lie. So we knew it was going to come back. It did really quickly, but I agree with Dave and I'm saying that like, or with Brian too. This is only going to push him to like try and impress her more or to get closer to her. I don't think it's going to flip him to the other side as like a revenge or a vengeance plot or anything like that. I think it's only just going to make him more interested in her. He's just bored and he loves this shit. So he's that would twisted be like her. So lame if if Frodo becomes the enemy. I don't want that. At I don't think so. No way. I don't think so. Anything else with the Misty and Walter stuff? Or should we talk about the conversation through the fence with Nat and then get into the Nat stuff? Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. I mean, anything in particular about Nat just 100% denying any help from Misty? That's 
It's only inconsistent because the last time we saw those two together, Nat was like embracing the friendship. And now she's like, no, piss off. Like, I'm trying to do my own thing here. And also, do we think that Nat is buying into Lottie's everything or if she's really just trying to investigate further? I think that Nat was just scared that Missy was going to screw it up. I think Lottie or sorry, let me rephrase this. I think that Nat was thinking Misty was going to screw it up because Misty was just going to bulldoze in there and and mess up any like line of trust that Nat had built with Lisa or with Lottie. I mean, Nat ended up doing that herself. But what do you mean by screw it up? Screw up her investigating Lottie or screw up her exploring her heart with Lottie? Investigating Lottie. Because at that point, she hadn't made it into the cabinet yet. Everyone was like cock-blocking her into the cabinet like over and over again up until this point. And so that was still her number one thing. I think by the end of this episode, that Nat's gonna kind of team up with Lottie a little bit more after they were able to get this memory and this information out of of Nat. But I... Up until this point, I think she was just like, beat it. You're screwing up my, you know, my facade, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I I think Nat doesn't hate it there. Definitely. I think I, she's definitely coming around a little bit, especially with all these talks of Travis and everything. And Lottie, it does feel like is telling, you know, the truth to her. And I, I think she's buying into it a little bit. I, I just think that she, yeah, just doesn't want Misty just poking around. Like Misty's a loud mouth, you know. If she's trying to snoop, do some snooping, and Misty's just like asking questions, it's like you know we're just, we're setting back a little bit here. So overall, though, I think I will say though, I think Nat is kind of buying into it, especially now with the reveal of the note and everything else. Yeah, I think I think Lottie is now no longer an option as being like evil to me like even though it was kind of going that way and we we were even with like seeing the travis flashback you could tell like she's she's she isn't like the source of all this evil regardless of how she wants to deal with the darkness might be different than all of the rational people like nat and like taisa and stuff like their method of dealing with the darkness it might be different but i think it's still team yellow jackets versus everybody and i would much prefer that because i'm i love lottie so i want her to be on our side i just mm-hmm. want to highlight who how you said the rational people like Nat and Taisa, who are currently both going through respective well, breakdowns. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I fucking meant. Oh, I do. Quickly, Brian, this is for you. So I know you don't watch trailers. And in the season trailer for the season, you see a clip of Misty saying, Lottie? Lottie, Lottie was in the mental institution in Switzerland, Lottie. And then that's just like, yeah. And like says it with like a (laughs) with like you really think by watching the trailer before seeing anything in the season that Nat has fully bought into Lottie's hoopla, (laughs) you know, and uh, which is interesting because, you know, they misdirected us. Obviously, Mm -hmm. that's just not what's going down. But I always knew since episode one that Nat was going to be with Lottie and Missy was going to meet up with them. Like I, and that's just something that's like, you know what? I guess I didn't need to know that if, as I was going through the season. So I agree, but I will never not watch the trailer because I just love it. But (laughs) it's just something that I would pat you on the back for, because it's just not something I needed to know. It is a bit of a spoiler. And, you know, I would have liked to not know that, but that's okay. Cause it was completely different than when they made it out to be. Mm -hmm. I feel like Lottie just needs to kind of just, open up a little bit more than that and be like, yo, when Travis killed himself, I saw Laura Lee the other day. I was hallucinating bees, all of our bees dead. Like I want her to be more vocal than that, that 
she is also a victim and not you know because i feel like nat sees it as like this is all her fault because mm-hmm. you've always been the mystical one like this is all got to be coming from you so you're the blame here but i feel like you know lottie's just got to tell her straight up hey i'm seeing shit i'm being harassed as well like i don't want this anymore either so. and she did the ritual with the blood last episode that she didn't tell her about too yeah true true which I we think, still haven't seen anything come from that right, right? i think nat solved right through her because she did say oh what happened there to her hand and lottie was like just an accident don't worry about that and that kind of had a smirk on her face like <laughs> okay i'm yeah. sure nat had been exposed to at least 1996 lottie probably cutting herself like that and doing something along those lines so she probably was familiar with it we already know that blood rituals is what makes the fucking supernatural stuff in the 90s tick so i think (laughs) we're gonna get a lot more of it over the next 12 months there too so a couple episodes ago nat has a flash of seeing paramedics and we had to it was it was the episode you weren't on brian because i remember kyle being like i looked at the curtains and that was not the cabin curtains or whatever yeah this this scene, right? This scene mm-hmm. of her ODing and the paramedics coming. Um, this was an awesome fucking scene. So Nat was obviously already trying to like her brain was trying to get her to access this memory anyway mm-hmm. without Lottie. And what did you guys think of, you know, the plane? You see the plane crash and they were all burnt alive. And then the antler person coming in. Like, what what was your take on that? Because it was I- awesome. The only thing I want to say really quickly is I'm glad that this is the OA squad because it does seem like NDEs are like a big part of what's happening. Like, the, yeah, the, the only way to talk to this thing is NDEs. So I'm just glad that we're all able to we can make these OA references. I feel like we're going to have a lot of them in the future. <laughs> yeah. And so that we can all be on the same page and make those references. But in terms of like the actual vision she saw with the plane crashing and like the bodies burning, like maybe it's the the demon telling her like foreshadowing like they're all gonna die but uh because they're obvious they obviously live like i don't know who in those seats of the plane crash like if they were representations of maybe laura lee and um crystal or something but because we only saw like three skeletons i feel like it wasn't like a plane full of skeletons you know so i i really have no thoughts on that really so maybe I'm just kind of free balling this right like right now thinking about it more is like because also on the plane you see the antler queen walk onto it for a second right so mm-hmm. like maybe there's a chance that the antler queen isn't one of our people and is like the actual physical embodiment of the darkness and what the vision could have been saying is like the darkness is what caused them to all live through the the plane crash like it kind of manipul- manipulated things to get them to this point it's kind of like I don't know because what is she seeing Lottie like are we if if we're saying that Lottie's antler queen which she still probably is especially with the shadow version of herself on the ground that she sees at the end of the episode like she probably is that I, I don't know how it meshes what if it like can jump like what if the antler queen can just like be it's like a, different yes. like maybe it starts with Lottie but then you know we theorize that Shauna could also be the antler queen like right. maybe there's a phase in time where she somehow becomes the one that's possessed and like Taisa also has obviously had some crazy experiences so mm-hmm. maybe it just hops around but it's possible yeah i like that that's what i was thinking too that anyone could really be the antler queen it is just the darkness that hops from into all of them and that would make sense of what actually physically possessed lottie in the exorcism episode right like that could have been it yeah, it could have been it. And then like at some point, maybe it just hops to, you know, Shauna and then Shauna's speaking French and asking for blood. So <laughs> yeah. who knows, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
I loved all that conversation. <laughs> I don't have all that much to add. I'm, I don't know if we're taking that vision literally. I, I'm like, maybe they did die on the plane crash and it's like a, a deal with the devil or something like the darkness of the wilderness, like resuscitated them because it has some motive for keeping it alive, whether that's entertainment or if it just wants the baby or what, maybe it came into the plane crash, resuscitated some of these children. And then it's like, yeah, I'm living within you and you're going to, in a way, do my bidding. I, I I don't know how, what to make of the fact that they were all dead in this vision and the antler queen just moseyed on in because like Luke was saying, there's no way that the embodiment of that antler queen that we saw in the vision could be the Lottie that we know. Wouldn't make sense, right? Right. Correct. Yeah. But I, so, so I said this off the, off the top of the episode, like this is arguably one of the most pivotal episodes of the series. And I think like, even now we we don't this is so much information and so much good detailed information about like what we're going to have what the path forward is going to look like but i think when we look back on this episode after like two more seasons down the road a lot of it's going to make a lot of sense it's just really tough to just kind of guess because we're, this is a lot being thrown at us like we knew the darkness could be a thing and it totally is and is it is it more than one person is it jumping there's the spiritual plane aspect to all of this like there's so much that season two has thrown at us that i can't believe we're here at, and this is episode five right we're halfway through the season because mm-hmm. there's gonna be nine i think in season two. Oh really i thought there was yeah. 10 but i could be wrong but i feel like i looked that up and i think there's gonna be nine but this is just a yeah. crazy mid-season sort of twist that i'm super happy we got because this is this is what's going to spawn the most fun theories and like yes. how what makes the yellow jacket jackets community like really fun the one thing I just want to mention really quick is in our season one coverage, I forget which episode it was specifically, but I had like kind of thrown out a theory that, you know, I feel like we're going to get more events about what happened of the like during the actual plane crash, because the only thing we've ever seen really like when the plane crash happens, all we just get immediately thrown into is Shauna just dozily waking up from the the Xanax or whatever it was that she took. And so. I had theorized that uh, maybe you know something had happened while Shauna was asleep that we didn't get to see as viewers on screen that triggered the the plane to crash. And then if we're talking about how the Antler Queen, quote unquote, walked onto the plane in this vision, and you know then we're seeing the dead bodies of everything. Like I, I'm, I just wanted to kind of rekindle this theory that potentially maybe something that happened during the flight while Shauna was asleep happened that you know spiritually or visually would help us as the audience determine what's going on. Yeah, it's a good point. Dave, I think that's great, but I would also like to revive part of your theory where you said Misty was the one. <laughs> yeah, Misty. It was all Misty. No, that's that's that theory is going strong still. <laughs> no, but that's good. I think that Shauna being asleep, you know, that is a big missing chunk that we didn't get to see. But them being charred was a crazy sight and really was fun to see because mm-hmm. that could mean literally anything is brian right did they die and were they revived or was that just like you know i don't or is it, it could have, that's what of, could have happened if the darkness didn't intervene or is it a representation of the number of people that are going to be eaten i mean those skeletons looked exactly how jackie looked after they fucking ate her so delicious yeah <laughs> but at the end of the scene, I just really love it when Yellow Jackets does this. Young Nat gets onto Lottie's lap. And that's happened before. Young Sean is the one who kills Adam. It's kind of like they're reverting back to who they were back in the day. And there's like naive, childlike, whatever. But also like Shauna in her like most rabid state killing Adam. You know, I, I really like when they do that. 
if anything, I just love to think about that the cast finally get to intermingle with each other, and that yeah. makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, of course, we already said the the shadow has the antlers, but I really don't think it's one person. I think it's like can be within any of them. Um, I mean, if it has to be one person, then Lottie. But it, I do think Dave, you're right. It could be anybody. Or and where the freak is Cabin Daddy? Like, what? When are we going to see that yeah, guy again? True. Because that was such a like highlight of season one for me is like what the fuck is happening and there hasn't been even like any signs of him because i would have thought like maybe even in the travis killing himself scene like that would have been a perfect opportunity to have him join the fray i I don't know like where that's going to go but that could be the antler queen i mean (laughs) i don't know the only way we can access that side is if someone in the 90s hasn't near-death experience it seems like i thought we might mingle with those people because of the crystal stuff but i don't think it was a near death that was just a death death experience for crystal slash Kristen. Mm -hmm. they were like we don't want crystal (laughs) no he's annoying (laughs) no she could totally still be on that side of the plane next time with the p-l-a-n-e no p-l-a-i-n no, I think any. for sure that. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> wow, I think for sure we will see Crystal again haunting Misty in some capacity. Yeah, you know, yeah. Ooh, for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah. let's get into it. So, 1996, Shauna is struggling with the pregnancy. Um, she was preggers, man. I remember yeah. when she came on screen. I was like, "Damn, she is ready to pop." So, was it a time a bit skip? of a time jump? Okay, yeah. okay, it was has yeah, to be. She's, I mean, she's nine months pregnant so i'm not even confident saying it's 1996 anymore it's probably 1997 almost yeah like at happy the end new of years <laughs> there's a scene yeah happy fucking new year there's a scene where the icicle is dripping meaning like spring is eventually coming yeah. even though this wind does like seem like like a midwinter storm that was but, weird too yeah yeah but i mean that's just the spooky wind that's just that's just the wilderness spring is coming so i i think i'm confident to say we'll say 1997 from now on okay yeah okay i feel like we should i mean we did the whole homecoming which is we already had talked about is the fall and everything and i'm sure yeah months have passed from then so Mm -hmm. yeah i'm fine with going 1997 Mm -hmm. yeah what a miserable time it must be to be shauna like nine months pregnant just in the wilderness this has got to be awful and i guess the narrative of the whole episode is that like the tide is shifting and even people like ty are starting to get cozy with lottie okay so the prayer circle causes some drama i'm not mad at ty if she's not sleepwalking and you know happy wife happy life i am i i'm not really mad at ty until later when shauna she's honestly feeling neglected right but i don't ty needs to sleep i get it i'm a sleepwalker sometimes i'm like I've been up all night. Just let me fucking sleep. And I'm not doing bad things like Ty. So I get it. I feel like what rubbed me the wrong way with Ty is we've seen this a couple times. She spoke this way to Van earlier this season and last season. Adult Ty spoke this way to adult Van. She can just be condescending about things that she knows absolutely nothing about. And she tries to do it with Shauna. Like, it's not hurting anybody. I'm not against you. It's just happy wife, happy life. And Shauna is feeling like she's on an island out here. Yeah. The Like, objectively, what Lottie is doing and kind of putting the spotlight of her prayers on, oh, we have a new baby boy coming. It is weird. I am so on Shauna's side and like gaslighting has been a narrative. That's kind of what it is. It's like they're trying to tell Shauna that this is not dangerous or harmful. And it's like, why is nobody else seeing it? 
I get it because I Sean is crazy a lot of the times, but like this time she's in the right. And I'm surprised Nat isn't backing up exactly what you're saying or coach. Like coach seems to be keeping his mouth shut probably because he knows the threat of being eaten is always there. Coach is checked out, man. (laughs) He is. He truly is. Um, So the prayer circle is pretty much everyone except Nat, Sean, Ahavi, and then Akila eventually joins and later her and Ty have this conversation, which I really liked. Akilah's really good for these small conversations that like bring some clarity and some like meaning. Mm-hmm. But she's basically like me and Rachel. And if you'll remember, Rachel died on the plane. She was the one who was supposed to see Oasis. And now she'll never see Wonderwall live. So mm-hmm. sad. Um, but they had this pregame ritual. And she was basically just saying rituals don't necessarily have to actually result in something. You know, it doesn't have to become something. It's just something that helps you it's kind of like a placebo effect, right? Or do you do it and it pumps you up and it makes you like happy, but it might, it doesn't actually mean anything. And Akilah's like, I'll probably end up still going, you know, but I like that her and Ty have been having these conversations and been friends like this. I love the little bit of yellow jackets lore. We get here too, with the JV team actually sucked. Yeah. <laughs> mm, you guys yeah. did not win. I love that little piece of information we got. Cause obviously the varsity team is one of the best in the country. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite for Marple Lacrosse. <laughs> <laughs> and then Akila calls Van whipped, which is what we're all thinking anyway. Or Ty whipped, which is what we're all thinking. So. I'm so was that like was anybody else getting like flirty vibes when like you're whipped and then they start like splashing each other? Or was that just completely harmless? Because in season one, I remember when I was just like Ty seems to have the hearts for like Van and Aquila. I think I threw mm. Aquila's name out because there was a scene like when she was looking at them in the lake where I thought oh, Aquila yeah. was kind of catching a stray too yeah. of these Thai stuff. I I want to put it out there. I wasn't getting they it. They could just be friends. The Aquila thing, I'm taking it as friendly until we get another scene cool. like that. Yeah, I'll agree. stay vigilant on that, Brian. Yeah, yeah. I'll, Please I'll do. Put my yeah, do it on. for me. <laughs> I also just want to give credit to young Thaisa because I was shitting on her last episode for, you know, not supporting Van and like kind of giving into all of this stuff that Lottie's doing. And now she kind of seems to do that 180 where she actually is being a little bit more open with Van and willing to go do these things with fans so i just want to give my flowers to young ty because she sucked last episode but i like that her and van are kind of doing these things together the time skip was good for her yeah also do the four of us as viewers think there's a correlation between her attending the prayer circle and the no more sleepwalking i'm sorry do we think there's causation to those two things or is it just coincidence i think it's I, think it's, I, don't I don't think, think it's, it's a coincidence. coincidence. Yeah, it's nothing is a coincidence in this show. So I'm going to say uh, no. I think there's definitely something there. But a lot of things are misdirect. That's very true. Because how how does it connect like the forest, the darkness? We can I guess we could start using that because that's what Nat literally causes the darkness in the forest. How does the darkness and Thais's ghost or like possession? I, are they the same? Like. I mean, Thais's ghost, yeah, no, ghost has been leading to her to symbols in the forest where the darkness resides. So, I mean, I, they're t- they're connected somehow. We do get into this conversation every episode. <laughs> Should we try and nail down definitive names for whatever is going on with Thaisa and whatever is going on with Lottie? I almost don't want the darkness because that gives a negative connotation. Thaisa's I kind of like Lady in the Tree. Lady in the tree and forest spirit. Yeah, forest spirit. That's fine. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. that's what we usually that's good. say. Yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I've been cool. saying bad tie, but we'll do lady bad in the tie tree. Or lady you're in right. the tree is fine. I feel like those two are very, they're just easy. Let's to do lady in the tree because I don't want to assume she, bad tie's bad, even right. though yeah, she's bad. She killed a dog. Same she's thing bad. as the darkness. I don't like yes. that because it's a negative. Okay, lady in the tree, forest spirit is what we're going yes. with until we get a different name. Mm-hmm. Sounds Did good. everybody else get correctly irrationally mad at this next scene with the two rando girls getting some screen time? Yeah, talking about Javi. Mm. I actually liked it. My note is blonde girl who I don't know her name says maybe it's a ghost, which I liked, but I don't buy into that. But I liked it. (laughs) I just can't believe that we're getting just first time lines from characters that are in this cabin. I mean, yeah, Crystal turned out. She got introduced like basically this season and And is now completely dead. We made the argument like. That if we're going to have these randos, it's because they're, they're gonna, we're going to use them to kill them. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. basically that's I view all of them as expendable. Yeah, expendable yeah. pieces. You got to give them some yeah. lines so that their death means something when it inevitably happens. Also, blonde girl in my notes is just Laura Lee wannabe because that's what she is. <laughs> she Tall, skinny similar. blonde girl. She looks Come similar. On. Isn't she, she actually the one does, that, Dave. Wasn't she the one that shit on Crystal in the very first episode? Yes. Yeah, she's like, stop whistling cool. or whatever. I, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I just want names. Give me a couple more scenes. That's all I'm asking. And these girls who had absolutely no presence for the past year have the audacity for calling out Javi for not wanting to talk to them. I wouldn't want to talk to these weirdos (laughs) who have only spoken like one sentence. Yeah, they haven't talked the past six months. They're on their high horse saying Javi's got to talk. But pretty much all the girls in the common area are trying to talk to Javi and Vance like Travis, maybe you should help. Travis, for his part, is being calm. He's got that calm, cool, collected demeanor like I was talking about last episode. But he's like, he's good. He'll talk when he wants to. And is this when we get the Travis and Nat interaction, too? Let's just include it because it's like a scene. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He calls her out for planning the bloody clothes, which, yeah, this had to happen. You wanted that. I know you've been waiting for that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's better than I thought. it's not totally obviously we know they're fine later but i thought travis was gonna have a way worse reaction so this is definitely repairable and you know the girls are all very concerned because jackie literally okay javi goes away and maybe one or two days i'm i'm fuzzy on the on the details later jackie dies in the cold like totally frozen Mm -hmm. rock solid javi was out there so they're like they could have found he could have found someone else. He could have found another cabin. And then the other person was like, well, don't you think he'd, we'd be rescued if that happened? So they're like, then where was he? He couldn't have survived. It makes sense that these girls are like, tell us, you fucking loser. Dude, I get I'll, it. The I only get thing it. I'll say here is I saw a wild theory that people have been theorizing. I forgot what the article, um, but people have been theorizing there's like an underground bunker below the woods, um, which would kind of lightly explain why Lottie had that vision of yeah. literally going down into a bunker. I mean, granted, she was at a mall at the, at some point, but that could have been just more of a the hallucination more than her actually climbing down there. But regardless, like people seem to think that there's like an underground system. Maybe the the tree that we saw was kind of uh melted, like covered in melted snow that was warm, you know, had a vent by it of this underground bunker that is providing heat. So people are just kind of thinking that I just wanted to put that out there. If it does come to that point that we were here for it. And she sees it in the Laura Lee vision when and she sees yeah, it in the Laura Lee vision as well. So there's and that something with a bunker or underground yeah. weirdness. I like it. 
Mm-hmm. Luke, Thank speaking you. of underground bunkers, I'm going to say some numbers and see if this jogs your memory. Four, eight, 15, 16, 23. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to bring up Lost when Brian kind of said, when Brian said the, were we dead the whole time thing? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. When he said, which, which is a misconception. Don't fucking let people convince you that's how Lost is. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I love that Love show. Lost. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so when not hobby travis calls out nat he storms out lottie does follow him so there's a little like lottie trav thing still happening as we move forward if we want to quick go through this hobby scene with ben scott yeah we can do that um yeah so hobby ben finds hobby's drawing and it's of the tree roots um which again is underground like maybe you know Dave, you're right with the underground bunker. Um, But he said, she told me not to come back. And he said, who did? And she said, my friend. He said, my friend. Do you think that's lady in the tree? I really, I think after the episode, I looked at Luke and I was like, he, I think he's talking to uh, sleepwalking Ty, lady in the tree Ty. Like, because lady in the tree Ty knew exactly where Javi was, or at least was like, maybe they had planned a meetup. I don't know how that conversation or how those details would go, but like maybe they planned a meetup at the point that, you know, Van de Deuce was going to be the next symbol, but he's talking like she's saying she, and you know, obviously Thais's kid who I'm blanking on Sammy? right now. Yeah. Sammy, Sammy also had referred to Thais's bad side as a she. So I personally took it immediately as it's gotta be young Thaisa or sorry, lady in the tree, Thaisa talking to him, but obviously it could be totally wrong. That's just what I thought. Uh, dude, how, how is this going to be how it plays know. out? This would be know. the craziest turn. It has to do something with Thaisa and the symbols and how like were all those places that the symbols were, were like, were those meetup spots for, Lady in the tree and Javi, like I don't I don't know how to take it, to be honest. I also am putting on the board that I don't think Javi was the one stealing the bear meat because they called him out in this episode saying, You owe us for stealing the bear meat. I don't think it was him. I'm just gonna put that on the board. Still could be. He's the obvious answer, but I'm just gonna put it on the board that I don't think it was him. I don't have an explanation for I mean, it, it who it could sense. be. It goes into what we were saying last episode with just like it make like we it does make sense that he would be the one stealing bear me, but it also doesn't make sense that he would be so close to the cabin and not interact with anyone or get seen or get seen yeah. by anyone. So I'm with you. I don't think he was the one stealing bear me. But and for what it's worth, I would be very pleasantly surprised if there is another human out there that Javi was interacting with. That would be awesome. I want it. I want it. I know. I want it too. I was calling it that there was other people out there. I want there to be other people out there. Not saying it's probable, but I want that. Well, that would go along with Nat's vision that there's a humanoid antler queen figure. So much. I have no clue what's going on with Javi. Like, none at all. I I wasn't even thinking Taisa when he was referring to, like, my friend told me not to come back. I thought that was full on forest spirit stuff. But who knows at this point? Javi's crazy. Also, why did he confide in Coach Scott and nobody else? Did he... Coach Scott's clearly the only one not under Lottie's influence. Maybe that was something. I just so much I don't know. And not to be dramatic, but the second I heard Lot Javi talk, 
I'm like strapping him down and freaking making him talk. Like now that we know he's capable and he's a person still, you're giving us this information today, not tomorrow. Like there's no way that you and let this just can't let push time too hard. Out. Yeah, but you can't push too hard. You guys are going to like everyone's going to die. Like how where was he getting food? Like that's like more important than his safety. Doesn't Javi also, or sorry, not Javi, doesn't Sammy Thais's son also refer to like the doll or something as his friend as well? Like, is there a parallel there as well? I feel like there's something here with Javi and Sammy, and I'm just, I, I don't have enough information <laughs> to make the connections. I don't know. You know what else is interesting is the Larley wannabe, whatever, blonde girl, when she was talking to the other rando about, oh, what actually happened to Javi? She was like, maybe. Maybe he did die out there, and this is his ghost. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. That didn't seem like nothing. I, know. I love that. I love that, actually. He I, gets uh... split into two personalities. Javi that doesn't speak, and then Adam Martin. Yes! <laughs> Put it on the board. I think Javi told Ben Scott because Ben Scott couldn't chase after him. <laughs> he just like, <laughs> dropped something and ran. I was like, yeah. see ya. Ben's also- like, oh, oh. <laughs> Coach was looking at drawings of trees. Is that yeah. Javi's doodles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah I didn't. Okay, I it was. I didn't catch that either. Beats. I'm cool. glad Kathy, Kathleen made that clear that Javi drew those because I, yeah. I had no. Idea. I think that's why Remember, he was in the room and he took them from him. Right. He was stealing. Yes, he was stealing Shauna's notebook papers last season. If you recall, her journal papers, yes. and Shauna yells at him at one point. But he's like, oh I just God. wanted to do an art project. It's really mm-hmm. sweet. Huh. Um. Okay. That's got to be tied in here. So. So let's get to Misty and Crystal slash Kristen. Uh, They play, they do like a, what was the game they were playing that they were picking three people for what? I'm not even remembering now. Who you would have dinner with. Okay, dinner. So she picks Plato, Eric Niles, which is a real world New York person, which is so funny because that would have been like what they were watching on MTV back then. And then the third was Kevorkian, who famously championed patients' right for physicians' assistant suicides. And they're like, and he was hot. And they're so weird. (laughs) That's so bizarre. I didn't research any of the names, but that's fantastic context. People use Kevorkian as like a verb, you know, like Mm -hmm. they say, like, I think they're like in Kevorkian yourself or something. Like, I think he was like really the spearhead doctor for being like uh, suicide or not suicide wanting to die isn't a crime you know like Mm -hmm. depending on what what the situation is like it's not a crime if you want to die like you should Mm -hmm. be able to just die anyway um again calling each other bestie they're really laying down like these two are inseparable best friends um mari gives them the dump duty again it seems like you know she's been getting this card over and over again and the card was number two I love that. And <laughs> I think what happens was pretty predictable. As soon as they went out on that cliff, I was like, Crystal's not coming back. As soon as they started telling secrets, I'm like, Misty's going to tell her the, the transmitter secret. And then, of course, it happens. But when Misty says, I'll fucking kill you, that was a 10 out of 10 acting moment. Like, that is the Misty we know and love. And it's like the worst of her and you kind of forget that she has that in her until she shows it to you. Yep. And damn, I mean, technically she didn't push her. That's all I'll say. <laughs> this scene, the whole thing, you're saying that delivery was a 10 out of 10. This whole thing was a 10 out of 10. The writers were in their bag with Crystal and Misty this episode. Cause yep. even walking up to the cliff, they have like 700 good lines about like what weird things that they like are bonding <laughs> over. Like I hate deodorant or like, you know, random ass things that they keep saying. They I were saw just... my parents having sex and it didn't gross me out. Just <laughs> call it 
adding to the character of Misty. 100% continue. Insane. It was just so well. Like the chemistry between them was amazing. And I was talking shit on Crystal in the beginning, rightfully so, because of the whole she wasn't there last season. But she was worth it as a character just for this scene. Like this was incredible all around. And I was like, I had so much anxiety watching this, knowing it was going to lead to Misty giving the, the transmitter um, mic drop yep. moment saying like, I destroyed the transmitter. We would have been rescued by now. Cause I didn't know how they were going to resolve this without her killing her. And thankfully she kills her. And I, I hope we drop it from here on out. Cause I don't want anybody to ever figure out that Misty did that kills her in air quotes she stepped off the cliff she slipped she lost lost her footing yeah we will give her the benefit of the doubt but misty dude my mouth was fucking on the ground when that happened i fucking loved that intensity that's that mid-season like rush that you're looking for in a show like this and that was it was certainly extracted out of me in this scene my only question i guess is do we think they're going to go back and retrieve the body to go eat it at some point or do you think that body's done I think it's got shit all over it. Yeah, I mean, that's true. It's also weird that they were like tossing poop so far away from the cabin. I feel like they didn't need to be throwing it off a cliff. They could have just like gone like 20 feet away from the cabin and just made like a poop pile. I guess they don't want animals being. I mean, like they should actually want animals attracted now that I'm saying that out loud. You know, like that actually might be a better thing. You're right, yeah. Dave. I totally agree with you. But it, it is I was like, don't show me. And then they showed her dumping and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, I thought it was gruesome when Misty runs down, you know, tries to give her CPR, but it's just pushing the blood out of her mouth. Oh, that was fucking ugh, that that yellow jacket's gore we live for. So mm-hmm. the problem with like going back for the body is Misty can't know where the body is. So someone else will have to find it. And then yep. also yeah, Misty could just be like, oh, like I got lost around here. Like, does anything look weird? Like, you see any cliffs by any chance that she could have fallen off of? Yeah. And it will, it should get them pretty much through the end of the winter if we did skip ahead a couple of months, if they can eat crystal. I, I, I don't know. I think that dripping that we like the, the house like thawing was more tied to whatever the tree trunk thawing was rather than it being a sign of spring, to be honest, is how then that I goes think. against the vent theory. Yeah. No, yeah, because like, if the if the tree I, trunk was thawing because of the vent underground, like there could be one under like the house too, technically. Yeah. And I think maybe that would also go into a little bit of the dripping that Mari hears so much potentially. Mm. But just interesting, yeah. Theories on theories. I Don't like really that. Have any confirmation? But what a great scene, though. Mm-hmm. As far as alibis go, Misty couldn't ask for a better one, even without the wind. All Misty had to say was she slipped and fell. Like I, they were best friends. No one would have believed yeah. that Misty pushed her. So with this win, it's even more like there's just no way anyone ever finds out that Misty killed her, which is nice because I I don't want that for her. She's wonder, crazy, but I don't want that for her. I'm rooting for her. You know? <laughs> do we think that secret's ever going to come out? I'm thinking like of how they they interact even in 2021. I feel like there's just no way they even know. Right. Still. Which I'm happy. Do we think that will come up in 2021? I think we're done with that plot line and let's leave it in the past. Misty does not need to get caught for that. (laughs) Correct. I don't don't want it. Okay. Yeah. She Misty's not stupid. She'll learn from her mistakes, especially with the transmitter thing. And then now she knows like that's murder is something you don't tell anybody about. So, Uh, but I think this is going to like it directly affects how closed off she is with Walter and anyone else, you know, and why she's a citizen detective and like all these things. It's like, 
Misty got close to someone and then she finally told her deepest, darkest secret and then it didn't turn out the way she likes and now she's super guarded and like such a fucking even more of a weirdo. So I think, yeah, I mean, it's not nothing. I think that will really change the trajectory of Misty even more. Um, But, you know, good stuff. I'm glad Crystal, that's exactly what TV shows do, right? You bring in these characters just to kill them off and it was a good kill. It wasn't like one that you like roll your eyes at. It was a dope, really dope kill. Love Absolutely. that scene. Yep. Now yeah. I guess we can talk a little bit about it ties into the the spiritual meetings that Lottie's been hosting, but you know, Misty's trying to find her way back to the camp as this huge snowstorm sets in. We also have at the same time well, I guess we haven't even We'll talk about that right now. The Shauna and Taisha yeah, she... thing, which leads up it kind of coincides with that because yeah, Shauna Shauna's of everything. B Tom's laid it out well earlier. Like she's just feels like she's on an island by herself. So she mm-hmm. storms out, Taisha chases her, they're in the woods. And we even get a. I like that Shauna uses the term "team Lottie" in this like conversation yeah. because we've been we've been doing it as podcasters, but it's so obvious that Lottie was always going to be the head of one team, and then we thought it was going to be Nat, but it's kind of looking like Shauna's on this side. Yeah, that's just fun for us to talk about. Um, Ty tries to do yeah. that thing where she condescendingly says, "Oh, there's only one team," and Shauna's like, "You cannot even pretend like that's the truth anymore." As if you it's yourself, Lottie, Ty. versus whoever's not with Lottie, yep. and you've been on that boat since the beginning, and now you're yeah. just jumping ships and acting like you weren't like that. Yeah. Ty's kind of annoying sometimes. I'm just gonna say that. But let's not glance over the fact that Lottie was literally whispering to her belly. And Sean is like, oh, yeah, yeah, people do that so that it recognizes the voice of the yeah. mother. Like, why is nobody agreeing with me here? And this is the one point where I'm like, Shauna, you're right. Absolutely. I'm not sure why people aren't rallying behind you. Yep. Yeah. If I woke up to someone whispering to my belly, like I would be just completely weirded out and I would be shocked if other people weren't also weirded out. So totally get where Sean is coming from in this moment where she's just completely, she is just losing it. Seeing all these people just also lose it going crazy for Lottie's, you know, spiritual stuff. And I get where she's coming from completely. Did anyone write down what she said? Lottie's? You're going to change everything. Okay. That's what I thought. That's, crazy yeah so in an earlier scene the first scene of the prayer circle sean is listening in and lottie says something like we can't wait to meet him so confident that it's a boy and sean is like jesus fucking christ like these people they think they're helping they think that doing the prayer circle and shauna is like the tree cult fucking praying for me is not what i need right now like And and this this is the most sane Sean has ever been, especially compared to all these people just being like, listen to me when I tell you what I need. I'm the pregnant one. This is my baby. Like, stop just going with whatever Lottie is saying. Like, this is not helping me for a second. And she's 100 percent correct. I feel so bad for her. Brian already said it, but being nine months pregnant in this situation, starving to death everyone's being fucking weird you're freezing cold you have no doctors you have no nothing it's just it's devastating it's devastating yep nothing to add there (laughs) mic drops all right so let's this leads directly into the storm kind of induces shauna's labor but when the storm hits ty's like oh shit we got to get back to the cabin and then there's this weird all the girls are outside the cabin lottie's like quiet down van what do you hear I, i mean 
this is something right like they're kind of connected through the forest now that ty's buying into it it's actually working for her and she's like i feel my friends trying to get us back safely or trying to find us and she's able to find her way back to the cabin like yeah we can't deny that lottie's got some sort of power and there's some weight to this prayer circle stuff Mm-hmm. that's Agreed. really all there is i mean the prayer circle helped them sure. locate these people in the storm and then obviously has been helping tyson not sleepwalk so those two connections make me believe that these circles are powerful in some way do we know what that a power is no but they do something for them it's appeasing the the wait what are we calling it not the darkness what, the forest, forest, forest. Yeah. yeah because it's it's literally even like it's manifesting as wind in this scene again, which is not the first time we've seen this. And I, I really like the direction, like when they shoot those kind of scenes, because you can just tell that the wind has like a purpose when it's, when it's doing that, it's picking up and stuff. Right. And it all timed with Shauna going into labor. Like this whole thing is just, it, it just worked out really well. And it just set up next episode. So beautifully. Well, she has to have the kid next episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I'm okay. so excited to see what comes out. Ooh. Oh, something fucking! It's gonna be a fucking chicken, baby. <laughs> <laughs> they'd be hype. Yeah, they would, yeah. They yeah, they'd be like, well, <laughs> okay. I, I legitimately not a total loss. This, this is gonna be huge. This, this birth has been hyped up for like pretty much a full season now. At this point, with midway through last season up until now, this point, so mm-hmm. this episode has got a. The expectations are high, and I'm I'm a little worried because we've already had our high point with this being the midseason. I just I really hope they come through and kick ass next episode. It has to if it's going to be the birth of uh, Shauna's kid. Let's let's take a guess here. I guess um, guess here. I guess. Uh, do we want to just predict if it's going to live? Like, is that something that's fun or no? Like, yeah, is- I think that's fun. Okay, yeah, let's do that. That is so fun. Let's talk. <laughs> And then if we say no, do do we also want to go a step further and maybe think like provide on how we think it's going to die? Yeah, like live like, initially dies initially. Yeah, yeah like, like is it going to be a miscarriage or yeah. do you think they're all right? Gonna, yeah. Let's do it. So I'll start. I'm going to say no. The the child is not going to live, and I think they're going to fucking eat it. That's how it's going out. I think Ugh. they're going to eat it. I don't know how that would work <laughs> because there's not much. I'm sure that wouldn't be enough sustenance, but I don't know. Yeah, I draw the line at baby cannibalism. They're not eating whatever comes out of Sean. I'll tell you that much. And I'm going to put my money on the child will live through childbirth. What happens past next episode? Who knows? But it will survive childbirth. That's what I was going to say as well. I think that this baby. This baby's going to die. You know what? No, I vote it lives. And it's someone that we know currently, and it's Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, I think that there's um, like the baby, what's it called? Stillborn? Like a miscarriage? Yeah. Like, or, born, no, yeah. not a yeah, miscarriage, still, different, right? Yeah, there's, it's a stillborn. Stillborn like is House of the dragon. Yes. Born, or not like, breathing. Yes, yes, I think that's mm-hmm. what it's going to happen. Um, and the reason I'm trying to make that reconcile with Lottie saying that the baby's going to change everything. And I think the way that they could play it is that if it is stillborn and it's like bloody, like they use the blood of the baby for like a ritual kind of thing. Like somehow Lottie uses it to channel something in the forest. Cause there has, cause Lottie's yeah. law, right? Like whatever she, the baby has to change everything like quote unquote in some way. And I just don't see it living though. That's where I'm at. Okay. Either way, we're having a fucking baby. Hell yeah. Woo! 
It cannot be more gruesome than the House of the Dragon birth scenes. There's just I mean, no all of them, all of the birth scenes. We've had yeah. so uh, many in House of the Dragon. We know Yellow Jackets does it real with the gore. Well, so, so I think House we're going Dragon. to see. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's hard to be any worse than House of the Dragon. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was pretty difficult. I agree. Yeah. MVP right. Buzzkill. MVP <laughs> Buzzkill. We're going to start with Dave. Yes. Easy, <laughs> easy ones. All right. We got the uh, biggest buzzkill. Randy will knock that one out of the ball. <laughs> wow. Very Randog. Easy. Yeah, Randog. And then we'll give the MVP. I had a couple here. Um, we'll take the, the, the loaf bearing fruit here. We'll take a uh, Callie. Just everything, you know, her admitting to everything and the relationship she's developing with her parents, even though she's now even more an accomplice than ever. I think she's had some wonderful char- character growth this episode. Um, and she's for our team. So wait, so oh, okay. So Randy was your buzzkill, and then Callie was your yeah, MVP. Callie, okay, yeah. okay. Um, me second. Yes. Cool. Uh, I'm gonna take a. Mine are gonna play into each other here. Um, my MVP was actually gonna be Walter, and then my buzzkill is actually nice. gonna be older Misty, wow. and it's all related to the way that Misty dealt with him coming out and saying the things he was he was saying about like how much he knows about her because i thought that did wonders for his character and i love him and i don't think he's gonna be bad now i'm pretty convinced of that and then just the way misty should not have pushed him away especially knowing what he knows so old misty was my backup lvp yeah i I know i don't actually think she's like buzzkill because she did the moon landing line and that was enough to not put her in there (laughs) she's great (laughs) this has got to be the only episode where adult misty's even in contention for the buzzkill so yeah, I'll go next. Um, my buzzkill of the episode is Kevin. I think I don't mm. get why he's letting all of this happen. Uh, especially it's just being a bad cop, and it doesn't seem like that fits him. Like, why have that that scene with him in episode one of this season or episode two, whenever that conversation with Shauna was, and then you meet Matt, and Kevin's like, "You gotta chill. You gotta stop. You're a rookie. Like, you're gonna blow this whole, the whole thing up." And yet he's letting him kind of blow the whole thing up, which is good for us. But I don't know. It's just it's not flying with me. Mm-hmm. And then my MVP is adult Van. Very happy to have her. I think she's going to be an excellent addition to the cast. And she's just good vibes. Really love her. Love her pride stuff all in the store. She's my girl. I love her. So, yep. Mm-hmm. Adult Van. Adult Van was actually my choice for MVP, but I'm glad I have a backup. Um been a while but young shauna is going to be my mvp for actually standing her ground and being like y'all are being crazy i'm i'm the one that needs support and you guys are supporting lottie and going along with my mvp i think i'm gonna have young ty as my buzzkill because she she was just doing that whole condescending thing to shauna this entire episode and just completely backtracking on what her stance has been since they crashed Mm -hmm. and that's like Lottie is a little bit crazy with her supernatural stuff. And now she's just completely turning, doing a 180 on that. So Buzzkill, Young Ty. I love MVP Buzzkill. It's been good. <laughs> so fun to Buzzkill. do. And it's good. It's good that we've been all over the place. People who are Buzzkills one episode become the MVPs. Like mm-hmm. Luke has had a Cali at both Buzzkill and MVP, which is great. So everyone, you know, it's fair game every episode, what whether they're gonna perform or not. But right. any final thoughts? No, none I think that I'm I'm happy that this was like the highest rated of the series, even though I might not agree with that. But I feel like it's just in terms of just ratings and views, like we're all just up and up and up. Yeah. What did it get on IMDb this episode? Eight point four. 
That's crazy that that's the highest rank. I know. It's, that's wrong. I it's, think. It's yeah, weird I agree. Because Yellow Jack, it's it's a highly high rated series because every ep- there's not a flop episode. Like everything is like seven point five or above or something like that. But then there's nothing above eight point four. It's very weird to me. But you know, snacky. What's, what's the highest? Like Last of Us was getting nines, right? Up in and yeah. above. Okay. Yeah. And what was House of the Dragon getting? Like what just in general was that like we don't have to actually do this but if you know at the top of your head nines as well interesting shades of showtime because this is good yeah Yeah. this is this is where we're setting the precedent of it now from i think going forward we're crossing into that you know you hear us imdb yeah nines we're giving it uh house of the dragon all the lowest was like an 8.0 but there were some nines in there everything is like high eights yeah okay understood i think we're fighting for that consistency of Yellow Jackets being that bear threshold. I think we're in that point of transitioning of getting Yellow Jackets. But then if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, I'm pretty sure it's like 90 plus percent. You know, right, Rotten Tomatoes is better than IMDb. <laughs> you heard and it like, here first, folks. We support Rotten Tomatoes here. Yeah. All right. That is the episode five. We're midway through. Whether there's nine or ten episodes there's is nine. a story to be told. It's nine. Okay, we're more than halfway through Story then. over. A story <laughs> has ended. <laughs> Um, if you're listening on Buzztown, smash the subscribe button so you'll know exactly when we drop each episode. And if you're listening on Buzztown and you want to look into our other episodes, again, go to BingetownTV.com. Bingetown TV is our main feed, so you can search it on Apple, on Spotify, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Um, subscribe to us as well. You'll get notifications on what we drop, and we drop a lot. A couple episodes a week. Right now, we're doing The Mandalorian, Succession, and of course, Yellow Jackets. Um, but we've covered all the big ones. You know, HBO has just been hit after hit after hit, and we've done them all. So um, check us out. You know, we have a good time. We have a good time. But mm. we'll be back next week. Yellow Jackets episode six. We are pumped and we are Binge Town and Buzztown TV. And thanks for listening. Buzz, buzz, buzz. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 